The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. good word. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, whatever you're reading from, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. And so we started a brand new series two weeks ago talking about uh, God's will for us to prosper in the, uh, in, in the financial realm, if you will, in our finances, uh, in the materials uh, world. Uh, God's will for us uh, is indeed uh, to prosper. If you read Genesis 1, 26 to 28, uh, you know, Pastor Henry already uh, uh, referenced that. He says when God blessed them, he said prosper. He said reproduce, fill the earth. Uh, take charge. Uh, uh, by the way, don't name your kids any of these things. You know, reproduce. <laughs> reproduce, fill, fill earth. Take, don't, it's okay. He says, be responsible for fish in the sea, birds in the air, and for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. So we see right off the bat that God's will uh, for his children is to prosper and also to prosper in the materials realm. God wants you to have money. Amen. Mucho dinero. Punta. Amen. He wants you to have money. He, he really does. So that you can be a blessing uh, to others. And so people in the church sometimes have a problem uh, with prosperity in the financial realm because uh, they think that prosperity in the financial realm uh, is for uh, selfish use. But God's goal, ultimate uh, a reason for us prospering is so that we can be a blessing. Amen. And so I know many of you are going to wrestle with this idea that God wants me to prosper. Uh, people don't have a problem with the idea of God wanting them to prosper spiritually, but they really wrestle with this idea. And I did for many, many years. Uh, uh, you know, I thought money was evil, you know, but I couldn't find that verse. The Bible does not say uh, uh, money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say that. It says the love of money is the problem. Amen? It's, that's the root of all evil. So money, money is great. Money actually is, is, does not carry any power of itself. Money is, is amoral or amoral. Uh, it's not good or bad. Uh, it takes on the character of the beholder. So if, the, if a bad guy has some money, it becomes bad money. If a good guy has some money, it becomes good money because you use it to change people's lives and to touch people. And so God wants you to do well in the, in the financial realm. Amen? It's, it's funny because when you teach like this, it's usually people who are struggling that, that, that reject the message of prosperity, the people that need it the most. And, and I always say, well, fine, if you want to just, you know, hang in there and just... People, people would rather just, you know, relate around jumper cables <laughs> than let God prosper them to where they don't need that. I've been there and I've done that. I, I didn't know that God wanted us to prosper. I grew up in a three-roomed house. We needed the entire neighborhood to, to come and give us a push start every single morning just to get to school. Uh, wake up three hours before time to go to school, light a fire so you can get the water warm, uh, uh, slept on the floor. All you had was a little blanket on the floor, no mattress, nothing. And, and it wasn't a blessing. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Went to school. Uh, the teacher called my name out to kick me out of class because school fees was two terms overdue. When I was trying to iron this thing, my, my, my pants, I remember the one time trying to iron my pants in winter, and uh, I put that thing on the stove because it wasn't really an iron. It was just a slab of iron that, you know, my mom had picked up at the trash, brought it home and said, this is now your iron. You put it on the stove and you'd have to regulate the heat with your spit and just shh, shh, shh. And I couldn't do it well. So when I took that thing and put it on the, 
on my pants, it just jammed. It just didn't move. And I saw some smoke, and that thing was bent. And my, my mom said, oh, well, you're going to have to work with what you got. She went and found another color from another, you know, and just put that thing on there. And said, now this is how you're going to go to school. Didn't bless me. It wasn't a blessing. Amen? Amen. And now I'm sure you're starting to get the picture that poverty is not a blessing. Not only did it embarrass me, it robbed me of the opportunity to be a blessing to others. But thank God, I am poor no more. <laughs> I like it here. I like it here better. <laughs> Woo, my kids, they say, hey, I want a school uniform. Got you. <laughs> you burn that sock, I'm going to get you another one. You burn it, I'm going to get you another one. And another one. You know why? Because I am poor no more. I can bless people. Amen. Praise God. Man, isn't it a blessing to not have a poor pastor? I think it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's a tough thing having a poor pastor. It's fundraising after fundraising for the pastor's groceries. <laughs> but the, when the pastor ain't poor, it's good. It's comfortable. Amen. You ain't got to worry about the man. The man going to take care of himself. Amen. In fact, Pastor C and I, we've been in the top five givers in this ministry ever since we launched. And we don't plan to leave the top five. We plan to continue therein. Praise God. Amen. And so when I'm teaching you, I'm not teaching you to try and get something from you. I already got some. I'm good. Praise the Lord. Just had to you put it out there when you talk about money. Say, there you go again. You want me? No, no. Chill out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Relax. And so we said you also can prosper. You also can change your life. Can I get an amen? amen. And we say the three principles of manifesting this prosperity uh, to where you will move from poverty uh, to, to, to being prosperous is three. Number one, you must realize that you have the blessing of the Lord on you. And scripture tells us that the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. And the second thing uh, we must position ourselves uh, this way is that we adopt what I call a generous soul. Scripture says there's he that scatters everywhere or they have a generous soul. And it goes on to say that because they do that, uh, it leads to increase. They increase more. And then there's he who withholds more than his meat and it leads to uh, poverty. And then he goes on to say the third one uh, that we talked about, the principle, is the diligent soul. And last week we looked at the story of David. And man, it was a blessing to see how God brought increase and promotion uh, into David's life uh, through being diligent. Amen? Diligent doing what? Diligent serving and adopting this uh, 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 heart of a servant. Praise God. Matthew chapter number 25 uh, we're going to read now verse 22. Last week, we only looked at what the guy with the five talents had done. Remember, Jesus uh, shared with us this uh, parable of a guy, uh, uh, the master who gave to his servants different talents. To one, he gave five. To another, he gave two. And to the other one, he gave one. And he says he gave them according to their several abilities. And he said to them this. He said, go and trade. Go and do business. And they went and did business. The one who got five, how many did he bring back? Another five. And the one who got two, that's where we're at today. This is what it says. It says, He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. Productive, right? And he says in verse 23, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and what? Faithful. What does the word faithful mean? It means dependable. It means loyal. It means trustworthy. It means honest. So this servant was all of the above. He says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Now watch this. This is the key to increase and promotion. This is the key to supernatural growth and elevation in the kingdom of God. He says this. He says, because you have been faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things, enter into the joy of the Lord. So we see two people here with two different responsibilities. Your responsibility, my responsibility, is to be faithful over what? A few things, and then God turns it over to himself. He says, you do that, now his responsibility is to make you ruler over many things. Someone say amen. amen. What that means is the, the way God promotes is he's looking for people who have learned how to be faithful over small things. This is why we need to be uh, uh, developed in this area. We need uh, not to forsake. We need not to take for granted. We need not to uh, uh, forsake the days of small beginnings. 
everything in the kingdom of God, it's going to start small, not because the kingdom is small, but because God is giving us an opportunity to practice faithfulness. And when we are faithful with the little, he will uh, uh, bring us over here to a place of promotion where we are responsible over many things. That's the law of the kingdom. Amen. And so promotion, God is the one that promotes. Psalm 75 verse 6, God promotes, but here's how he promotes. He promotes the faithful. I'm so glad he promotes the faithful because if he promoted the good looking, I'd be disqualified. If he promoted the yellow bones, I'd be disqualified. If he promoted the people with the rich background, I'd be disqualified. Praise the Lord. All he's looking for is something that everybody can do. I like it. So the determining factor is on my heart. Am I going to be faithful over a few things? Oh, I'm not. Now, the one who had received one talent, verse 24. He that had received one talent came and said, now before I even read what he said, I used to feel sorry for this guy. One talent, after all, the other one got five, the other one got two. And this guy, poor man, he only got one talent. I used to feel sorry for the guy. Until I googled what a talent is, and I found out that a talent is about 33.3 kgs of gold, which equates to about 2.5 million US dollars, which equates to way above 30 million rand. When I found that out, stopped feeling sorry for the guy, I started praying for just one talent. I said, Lord, all I need is one talent. You know, now I said, all I need is what? One mic. No, all I need is one. No, forget one talent. All I need, Lord, half a talent. That's all I need. And so this man got something. Do we all agree? But listen. Listen to the man talk. This man got one talent. And and, and the first two uh, is the voice of a good steward. Right? And the opposite of a good steward, he said, my good and faithful steward. Now, the opposite of a steward is an entitled brat. That's the opposite. They are on the extreme opposite of, of this, this, this line, this extremity. They are on the extreme end of, of this line. The, the good steward is over here. He, he talks, uh, leaves a certain kind of way, takes five, multiplies them to five, takes two, multiplies them to two, takes small things and they are faithful, they apply themselves. Over here we have the, the, the what did I say? Entitled what? Brad. The entitled Brad, listen to what he says. He was given what? 30, 30, million, 30 million rand, right? 30 million rand. Now listen to this man. He says this. He says, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strawed. Now, if you gave me 30 million rand, I'll never talk to you like this. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> I'll love you forever. You forget 30, just give me three. <laughs> but here's the deal is that entitlement has got nothing to do with supply. Oof. Unfaithfulness and entitlement has got everything to do with a nature that's cultivated on the inside of you. And this is why we need to be determined in our hearts that we're not going to be entitled. Nobody owes you nothing. Better known as nothing. Man, that's good. That's good preaching. Nobody owes you nothing. You, you, you're either going to make things happen or make excuses. You can't make both. Did you hear what I said? You're either going to make what? Things happen or you're going to make excuses. You can't make both. Entitled people have a barrage of excuses. Listen to this guy. He said, I knew you to be a hard man. And they always turn it over to somebody else. It's your fault you gave me this 30 million rand. I knew you to be a hard man. Ripping where you have not sown. And so what I did is I went and I hid your money. There you have what is yours. And the master didn't take kindly to being treated this way after giving this dude such a glorious uh, opportunity. And so the master says this. He said, because you are afraid and you did this, verse 26, you wicked and slothful. Slothful simply means uh, uh, lazy, right? You wicked and lazy, servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sowed and God that where I have not strawed. You should have therefore put my money in the bank. 
to the exchanges so that at my coming, I would have received my money with interest. I'm all about productivity. That's what God is saying. He's saying, I'm all about productivity. When I give you something, I expect you to work on it, apply yourself. When I give you a job, it may not even be the job of your dream. The expectation from the Lord, because he's the one who gave it to you, from God's perspective, because he knows the end from the beginning, it's a golden opportunity. God will never bring manga manga opportunities to his kids. It's a golden opportunity, and he wants you to learn something amen. Amen. amen i remember i came over here my first job was an administrator qualified two degrees later my first job was an administrator a clerk running around making sure i do the office i knew that that was a glorious opportunity from the lord to learn something about that you know power transmission business before i left the organization i was second in charge on my way to owning that thing why? Because I've learned that all you need to do is to apply your faithfulness. And God says, when you do that, it's over to me. I will make you something. Such a gl glorious place to be where God makes you something. When God promotes you, you don't have to lose sleep about it. When God brings a supernatural promotion on your life, you don't have to sustain it. Because God will sustain it. When God opens doors, he can keep them open. It says in Revelations, he opens doors that no man can shut. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're in the business of trying to open doors for yourself, you may have to keep that door open. If you open that door, you better not leave that door. You better not go inside the house. You go to the fridge to try and get yourself some refreshment. Someone is going to sneak up behind your back and close that door. Can't even go out to your bedroom to sleep. You take a nap, man. What I mean by that is if you did it through manipulation and backstabbing, you better keep that baby going. Mm. Hallelujah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good thing to submit to God's promotion. And so this is what Jesus said. And, and so what, what, what was the reason why this guy failed? so drastically. The reason was because he did not maximize on the previous prior seasons of preparation. My wife is this thing and we, we both took it from Billy Earhart. He came on here and he taught a message on Joachim. You remember those of you who were here? Billy was here. He came and taught a message on Joachim and he says you must uh, uh, maximize on the uh, uh, seasons of preparation. He said you must steward the season that you're in so that you are ready for what God is bringing in the future. So practice. Every time God gives you something to do, it's a practice session. Some of you have to practice with a, with a, with a difficult boss. Just a practice session. You see, I didn't get a single amen in the building because nobody wants to go to practice. Everybody wants to show up when it's game day. You know, I was watching the Diamond League. I like athletics. I was watching Diamond League late yesterday, and I was thinking about it, that these people trained for six months just to run 100 meters. 9.67 seconds. They've been training for six months, just, you know, 100 meters. And ex that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about preparation. When preparation meets opportunities, God-given opportunities, you put those things together, preparation and opportunity, there is what we call divine acceleration, supernatural promotion. That's all it is. It's when preparation meets with divine opportunities, there is an explosion. <laughs> but when a lack of preparation meets with 30 million rand. When a lack of preparation meets with uh, a golden opportunity, there is, there is, ooh, there is embarrassment and excuses. I shared this story in the first service. In 2000, Sydney, Australia, this was way back in the days of uh, Wildcard. They used to do the Wildcard back in the day, uh, Cliff, where they would put all the different countries in a hat that they wanted to you know, encourage them to, to, to participate in these new different disciplines. And so they'll just put a wild card in there and just, you know, pull out the wild card. Zimbabwe, skiing, and nobody know anything <laughs> about skiing. And uh, in this particular year, 2000, go and Google it. Australia, 2000 Olympics, they put the names in a hat and they pulled out Equatorial Guinea for swimming 200 meters freestyle. 
And so they send that. Now, before I even tell you the rest of the story, I have a question for you. Is going to the Olympics an awesome opportunity? That's a glorious opportunity. There are some people who just live their entire lives just to set foot at the Olympics. Forget winning a medal. I just want to get there so I can tell my grandkids I made it to the Olympics. That's how awesome this opportunity is. There are some people who live their entire lives just to get to the Olympics. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome achievement. Glorious opportunity. And so they picked Equatorial Guinea, sent an email and said, hey, you've been qualified uh, by way of wildcard to participate in uh, a 100-meter you know, freestyle uh, swimming. And so the Minister of Sport in Equatorial Guinea you know, put an advert in the newspaper. Hey, listen, we're looking for someone to represent us. We've already been qualified. There's a glorious opportunity. We're looking for someone to go and represent us at the Olympics. The only problem was there were only two swimming pools in the entire country, and both of them never had water on the inside of them. And so he said, hey, if you know how to spell swim, or if you have a cousin in Australia who knows how to swim, or you know something, hey, we just want someone to represent us. Glorious opportunity, just one small problem, a lack of preparation. And so the man went to uh, Sydney, Australia, 2000, and uh, he was put together with all the other two wildcards, and they, they were doing the preliminaries, right? On your marks, get set. And before they could say go, the other two countries uh, false started. They jumped into the pool before they shot the gun, disqualified. That meant that Eric was qualified to go to the semifinals. Now, the entire continent should have been celebrating Eric, but you know what we were doing over here? We were saying, no, 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 you can't qualify him, no, no. Because we knew that the more he progresses, the bigger the embarrassment. Amen? Now, if someone goes to the, to the next level, if they qualify, the natural reaction should be, yay! We were told Eric has been qualified to the semifinals. Oh, no, no, send Eric home. The entire continent send Eric home. He's about to embarrass us because we knew a secret. Eric had not prepared. And that's exactly what happens with some of us. The angelic horse, when your boss comes and he presents that promotion letter, instead of the angelic horse serving a part, they're all holding their heads in their hand, saying, oh, no, 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 not this one. Because they know you haven't prepared. Amen. And so when preparation meets with opportunity, man, things explode. Can I get an amen? amen? And we see it with the guy with 10 talents. I mean, he started to flourish when he met with that opportunity to multiply the five. Now, what, watch what happened with the master. Verse 28, it, it gets really strong. This is Jesus showing us how the kingdom works. He says in verse 28, take, therefore, the talent from him. And give it to the one with ten talents. Now, this is not how we function. <laughs> if it was asked 2022 to say, man, there's something wrong with, with the guy. I think what we must do is take three from the guy with ten. So we can give him more. Maybe perhaps they'll change their behavior because we're giving them more. No one will ever change their behavior because you're giving them more. Amen. In New York, I was in New York City, and we went to a, a neighborhood called Queensbridge. And uh, 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 the guy who was taking us on that tour said, this is Queensbridge, and, you know, this is a project. He called it the project. And so I asked, I said, why do you call it the project? He said, because uh, this is a, a housing project that the government came up with to move people from the slums so that they could put them in, in, in this housing project. That's why they call them projects. And so they moved these people, gave them free housing from the slums, moved them into this project housing, beautiful houses, when they moved them in, beautiful fittings and beautiful finishings. I mean, these houses were looking awesome. Brought the people in, didn't train the people, and changed their heart of entitlement and unfaithfulness. They just brought them in there because they thought the problem was housing. The problem was never housing. The problem was what's on the inside of the people. They came back two years later. The entire project housing had turned into the slums that they had brought them from. People would literally walk in and just kick the door down. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> but do you know why he did that? He's trying to make this place look like what he's familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I mean, I've seen some of these nice cars, really nice cars on Instagram. You know, I don't know much about nice and uh, about cars and their brands and things of that nature. I don't know much about. But I've seen brothers buy beautiful, nice cars from Germany, and 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 then you walk two, three months later, the thing looks like my Toyota. 
the 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 what do you call that the, the fender the thing is falling apart the thing hasn't been washed in 15 years what's happening they really working hard to make that german thing look like you know what they're really familiar with so the problem is not what you get the problem is what's on the inside of you because we live from the inside out we talk about, you know, the power of imagination. I did this with the people. I said, man, you know, do you know the house that you want? He said, yeah, I know the house that I want. I said, where would it be? Camps Bay, praise God. How many bedrooms? Twelve bedrooms. I said, okay, let's imagine that, that, that house. They close their eyes and start imagining. I said, can you walk into the kitchen? Yes, I can walk into the kitchen. I asked them, I said, are there any uh, dirty, you know, dishes in the sink? No, you know, it's spotless, it's clean. So I turned it around. I said, what about the one you are in right now? Let's, let's go to that one. <laughs> I said, okay, the one I'm in right now, it's got dirty dishes in there. I said, that's exactly what's going to happen to the one in Camps Bay. Don't deceive yourself and say, you know, I'm all of a sudden going to. This is why Jesus said, if you are faithful in what belongs to somebody else, you'll be faithful in what belongs. If you can't take care of that house you're renting, this is strong preaching. You can't take care of that house you're renting. You're just not going to be able to take care of the one God is going to give you. So instead of making you too accountable, God is just not going to give you. Well, at least that one belongs to somebody else. They'll fix the geezer if it's broken. They'll, you know, some, at least it's on somebody else. And so when God gives us these opportunities, it is so that we can learn how to be faithful. Because God is trying to promote us. That's his art. He's trying to get us all to be this dude with ten talents. And so when he says, verse 28, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten talents, this throws a lot of people off because they don't understand what's going on really. You know, these talents, we say this, uh, it's 33.3 kgs, right? We say it represents money. And uh, this is not your skill or your ability. So when Jesus says, take the talent from him and give it to the one with 10 talents, he is not taking your ability. Because Romans 11:29 says, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. You will still have a beautiful voice. You will just not have anywhere to sing it. <laughs> So when he says take that talent, what he's taking is opportunities. Because what money represents is opportunities. So read it this way. The other one was given five opportunities, turned them into ten opportunities. In other words, they created a business that employed other people. With what the master gave them. The other one was given five, created five extra opportunities. The other one was given one opportunity, went and buried it. And so the master says, take that opportunity and give it to the one with ten opportunities. And now the dude with ten opportunities didn't know what to do with himself because he now has eleven opportunities. And that's what I'm calling this church to operate from. A level and a place where we'll have more opportunities than what we can handle. I prophesy that over you, you will get more job offers than you can accept. You'll get more job contracts than you can handle. In the name of Jesus. You'll be praying for 43 hour days. That's what I'm doing. This is not a sermon, by the way. This is a message. We always preach from the overflow of what we are living. Amen. I said amen. You know, I was saying in the first service, in two weeks uh, to come, I was supposed to be in, in Uganda, you know, preaching to the pastors there with uh, Billy Eppard, with Andrew Womack, with uh, Arthur Manchis, with uh, Isaac. We were supposed to be out there on the 3rd uh, of, actually the 2nd of June, all the way through the 6th, the 6th of June. And so we were supposed to go out there. I, I, I had, you know, accepted the invite, getting ready to go there. And then I found out there was something else uh, very important that I needed to attend to, and that the 4th of June was my wife's birthday. It's, I mean, I knew I could go and preach, but if, if, if I don't, because my wife is big. I mean, that girl, she is big on celebrating birthdays. So I knew I could go there, have a good I'm with them boys, but when I come back, I'm going to sleep on the couch. I knew that. <laughs> and so I called him. I said, man, I can't, I can't go. It's that important. I can't go. I'm going to have to stay because it's my wife's birthday. I wish I could clone myself. What are we talking about? You're getting more opportunities than you have, you have, you have enough bodies to handle. I wish I could clone myself and send the other Tafara over there and then the other one stays here and, and celebrate the birthday. And, and by the way, you don't see her here this morning because she's preaching in, in Durban at our Durban campus. 
And, uh, man, I love that girl. Praise God. Last night, they, they left, all of them left in the morning, and uh, they went out there with uh, uh, Jabu and somebody else. Who else went there? Lungi, Lungi went there. They went, when they went out, left me, left me alone. And, and uh, 7 p.m., man, I'm trying to figure out what's for dinner. <laughs> so I made me a sandwich, a peanut butter sandwich. Man, I'm telling you, there's no sunshine when she's gone. I, I was thinking, I said, ain't no sunshine when she's gone. <laughs> Men don't realize this. And ladies, every now and again, you need to just take, take a trip with the kids and just leave that, that fool alone so you can learn. <laughs> so they can learn how important you are. I, I was thinking, ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And if you were really spiritual, you'd have heard this. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> but here's the deal. He took the one talent, right? Gave it to the guy with ten. Now the question becomes, what did the guy with ten do to deserve an extra one? Nothing. The only thing he did was stay on the path of faithfulness because on the path of faithfulness are scattered moments of supernatural increase and acceleration. Things will find you that you were not out there looking for. Amen. Amen. Now watch what happens, verse 29. Verse 29, he says this. He says, for unto everyone that has shall be given, and he shall have an abundance. Anybody want to have an abundance? He says, unto everyone who has shall be given, and he shall have an abundance. But from him that does not have shall be taken away even that which he has. Now the context of this story is faithfulness. He's not talking about the rich getting richer, because that would be unfair. It would make God a respecter of persons. God is not a respecter of persons. He is fair. When you play in the kingdom, it's going to be fair. And because the context of this uh, entire parable is faithfulness, you can read this verse this way. For unto everyone who has faithfulness, more opportunities shall be given unto them. And they won't know what to do with them. And over here, unto everyone who does not have what? Faithfulness. Then even the small opportunities that they have are going to be taken away and given to somebody who knows how to maximize opportunities. And some of you need to learn how to maximize relational opportunities. Some of you need to learn how to maximize financial opportunities. When God gives you money, a portion of that is to be given back to him. That's what I call maximizing the financial opportunities so that you can reap a harvest. You position yourself that way. Man, God is going to bring increase into your life. Some of you just need to learn how to maximize on faithfulness over small things. Now, you, you believe in God uh, to speak at crusades, rightly so, but you're struggling to run a life group? Word? Can't run a life group? You want to speak at crusades? <laughs> I'm talking about, it's, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. You know, how I started uh, preaching at Kairos, I was supposed to go and preach, you know, to the pastors in Kampala, Uganda. How I started preaching, uh, the story was, uh, we were here uh, for Sunday morning service, and we had a few students that came to join us. I mean, the church was way too small. We probably had 15 people in the service. That was the entire church, 15 of us. And, um, you know, they were uh, dropped last minute by another church that was supposed to host them because we were not even a part of the, of the plan. I mean, it was way too small, way too small. Okay, they were not going to come to us. Praise the Lord. And uh, uh, called me, Isaac, uh, uh, Alfred called me. You know, he said, hey, listen, uh, we were dropped last minute. Can we just come? use second option? Can we just come and, you know, spend some time with y'all just so we can, you know, tick the box, came here, and we faithfully served them, faithfully hung around with them and things of that nature. I've understood, if there's one thing I've understood in my life, is faithfulness. Amen. I don't put my hand to something and just kind of give a half-hearted, half you know, type deal just to 
tick the box. I never do that. Either I'm going to say no or I'm going to say yes. But if you hear me say yes, it's my entire yes. So they came and we, we did that. And on Sunday morning, they joined us. So it was now 21 of us, you know, six of them, plus 15 of us. And I preached like I'm preaching to a thousand people. Funny enough, we're preaching on finances. And after that, uh, uh, Alfred said to me, he said, hey, uh, uh, Tavaro, why don't you send this teaching that you just taught? Because I've never heard anything like this in my life. He said, I've never heard anything like this in my life. Two things were at play. The first thing was, I was faithful to the message that God had given me, even though I had never heard anybody else preach it. I was faithful to cut a new path and not just to parrot what I heard somebody else. Amen? And the second thing was I was faithful to who I am, who I is. I'm faithful to that. If, if, if a lot of people don't like it. But hey, if you invite Tafara, you're going to get Tafara. I'm not going to try to wear one of them big old suits and you know, try to look important. I'm going to bring torn jeans and I'm going to bring who I, who I am because that's who I am. You like him? You like me? Praise the Lord. You don't like me? Tough. I'm committed to who I am. It's way more, less effort to be me than to be trying to be somebody else. I found out a long time ago, it's way more fun to be yourself than to be trying to be somebody else. And so uh, they went and played that teaching at their uh, chapel morning, you know, in Heidelberg. And uh, he called me back on Tuesday. He said, man, we need you to come and, and teach at the school, one full day of teaching. And I said, okay, I'll come. He said, but wait a minute, before you come, we need to s submit your name to be approved uh, because every name, every person that comes to teach has to be approved. So they send my name up there and they expected it to take six months. It takes six months for anyone's name uh, to be approved. But here's the good news is that when you're faithful, God puts his super on that natural and speeds everything up. And so before you knew it, it took me a month. I was already approved. He called me when I was on vacation in December. Said, hey, listen, because you have been approved, we're going to add you to the open days so you can start uh, teaching at the open days. And so I went there and I taught one school. 2017, one school. Taught one school. Taught that one school like I was teaching 15,000 people. Everybody blown away by two things. Number one, he's just himself. Number two, he's teaching something we've never heard. Where did I get that? I, get th I got that from the Lord because when you're faithful, God gives you his ability. He said in 2 Timothy 2, 2, entrust these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Revelation follows faithfulness. Amen. Why should God give you more revelation when you ain't even done nothing with the one that he gave you? It's just going to make you more accountable. So more revelation follows faithfulness. So I went there, taught that thing. The following year, they added two more schools. And last year... Uh, 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 I mean, I ended up teaching at all the schools on the continent of Africa. And that's just the beginning. And here's the part that's going to blow your mind. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't even done, most of you are more educated than me when it comes to Bible school, because I, I ain't even done second year. I ain't even done. I don't. I don't even know if what I did was real school because I did correspondence. <laughs> it was bad. Multiple choice. <laughs> but I'm still using the first module. Going all over the world, still preaching from the first module. <laughs> what have you done with three years? <laughs> And your neighbor and say, be faithful. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to get you. I'm just trying to help you. Because really, we have a thing that we share with Isaac. We say, you can either go through Bible school or it can go through you. T truth be told, you know. <laughs> can, I, can I share a secret with you? <laughs> you can pass any of those multiple tests as long as you know God is good and the devil is bad. You and some of you take advantage of the system. You're not even doing the modules. You ain't listening to nothing. You just do the multiple. And you've been passing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but unfaithfully passing. <laughs> I'm still going through the things that I still have the modules. Every now and again. I'm still doing first year. Seven years later. <laughs> still using it. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Why? Because the call is to faithfulness. There is an exponential increase when you learn how to be faithful. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's go now to uh, uh, Luke chapter number 19. I'm going to end with this.
Faithfulness will bring excellence to you. I was saying in the first service, excellence costs more, but it pays for itself. Did you hear what I said? It's going to cost you more to be excellent, but excellence pays for itself. When you're excellent, it will just pay for itself. Now, watch what happened in uh, verse 12 of Luke 19. God is trying to give us influence over cities. Amen? You teach your children how to be faithful. Some of your faithful little children are going to get three, four, five uh, uh, university scholarship offers from elite, I'm talking elite, Ivy League type universities in the world. But you teach them how to be entitled, they ain't getting a call from nobody. Hallelujah. You've got to start them young. Teach them how to be faithful. My, my nine-year-old, she's, she plays netball now. She, she, she's, she's really good. I was surprised. And I told her, I said, hey, listen, you, you don't win if you don't work hard. You have to earn your victory. Amen. And she's been going, I mean, they've been winning, which concerns me. Because they've been winning without putting much effort. And they've been winning all these games. And as a parent, I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, cause them to have at least one defeat on their record so they can learn something. About hard work. And some people don't understand that, but that's just me. I'm saying, man, we've got to teach these people how to be responsible. Start them young. In our household, the day that you uh, turn 10 years old is a day you, you, you ain't getting much help. You, you make your own bed. <laughs> you know, when we pay for help, it's from me and my wife. Amen. Oh, just one amen. Just... <laughs> When we pay for help, it's for me. It's not for you. You're 10 years old. You make your own bed. You're going to wash your own dish. It's, it's man, it's an army barrack. Just, 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 just you know, take someone. It feels like it's an army barrack at the house. It's got to be if we're going to train faithful people. Amen? Man, 15-year-olds don't know how to wash dishes. What you talking about? Well, you wash your own dish. You first now, if you turn five, you take your own plate to the sink. That's where it starts. When you turn five, you take your own plate to the sink. When you turn ten, we get a ladder for you. We get a little step. We already we prepared. We already have a little step. You're gonna wash your own dishes. And then I'm gonna come and inspect if you did it right. And if you didn't do it right, we're going to do it again until somebody gets it right. And that's going to be your lifestyle from today until you move out of my house. Because we, we're training you to be faithful. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Watch what he says. Verse 12. And he said, therefore, a certain uh, nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So who might this be? Jesus. Right? And then Jesus did this before he left. He called his ten servants, all of us, and delivered to them ten pounds each. So in that other story, in Matthew 25, he gave them differing according to their respective ability. In this story, everybody, every single one of them, ten, got the same amount, ten pounds. Do you see that? His servants, he gave them something. And he gave them an instruction with it. What was the instruction Occupy. Someone say occupy. He said occupy until I come. To be Christian means we have a commission on our lives to take territory and take ground and advance the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus has called us to do. Just being, having an allegiance is not enough. There's some people that are just happy to be Christian. I'm just Christian. Hallelujah. No, he, the reason he called you a Christian and he has empowered you is so that you can take territory for the kingdom of God. This is why John said, there's he that's coming whose shoelaces I'm not worthy to tie. When he comes, he's not going to baptize you with water unto repentance like I did. That's Matthew 3.11. He says when he comes, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and what else? And fire. What is fire? Fire is not some spiritual thing that comes on us so we can act crazy. Fire is, is talking about influence. 
Fire is a non-negotiating non advancing force that vibrates at such a high pitch that it changes everything that it comes into contact with by way of interaction. Everything that comes on the way of fire is going to change its form. And so when he says he baptizes you with fire, he's not saying fire, fire, fire. He's saying it gives you influence. Man, you see how religious we get sometimes? The goal is to take territory. And, 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 and he's got a meter on that influence. He's trying to turn that, that, that meter up on your influence and increase your influence. But here's how he's going to do it. Occupy until I come. But his citizens hated him. So there are three different groups of people here. There's Jesus, number one. Number two, there's his servants. Number three, they are the citizens, the world, right? The world hated him. And send a message after him saying, we will not have this man, uh, this man to, to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he, he was returned, uh, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to, uh, to be called unto him. I'm reading really fast because I'm out of time. Then uh, came the first saying, Lord, your pound has gained ten pounds. Man, you thought, you thought, you thought five times two was, was great? Look at this one. He took one pound, turned it into ten. Now, this is, this is how you do business. Your pound has given me ten. And he said unto him, well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in what? Very little. You shall have authority over ten. One pound is a three months salary. From being able to be faithful with the salary. He said, I will give you rulership over a city. What do you see in a city? We see highways. You see the economy of the city. You see the, 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 the businesses, the banks. You see the hospitals, all the different things. He said, you have just graduated. You, you have earned yourself the right to manage. In fact, if you read other versions of the Bible, it says to be a governor. I've made you a governor over 10 cities. How do you get influence over 10 cities? How do you have global impact? You have global impact when you start learning how to manage the little. This dude just learned how to manage three months' salary. Now, now let's break it down a little further. If you can't be faithful with 10 cents in a rand, we call it a tithe. If you can't be faithful with 10 cents in a run, forget influence over cities. You're going to mess it up. It's going to drive you crazy. <laughs> just one laugh over here. Just one laugh over here. It was a ne nervous laughter. It was a nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're trying to get God to give you his anointing. You can't handle 10 cents in a round. You can't give it back to him. It's going to drive you mad. It's going to drive you crazy. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. God wants to open these 10 cities, city by city, influence. City by city, influence. Man, we have influence uh, 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 online. We have influence physically in different countries in the world. We haven't reached 10 yet, but I know when I'm in the U.S., man, I have influence over certain cities in the U.S. All I need to do is show up, and we will have 20, 30 people come listen to me. That's all we need. God, God did that. Amen. amen. I said amen. It starts with learning how to be faithful over these small things. If you go over there to Luke 16, it tells you, if you can't be faithful with unrighteous mammon, you know, money, money, just handling money and just honoring God with uh, what's his, if you're not faithful with that, he says, who will trust you with true riches? Man, if you don't learn how to handle finances, money, I already told you I'm rich, right? And so I'm not trying to get something from you. If you, know, if you haven't learned how to handle money, finances, man, I'm telling you, if the anointing of God gets on you, you're going you're gonna to go crazy. <laughs> they call them the three Gs. Yes. What, what is it? Three Gs? Gold, Gold yeah? Glory, glory girls. and girls. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> he says girls and guys. When everybody stretch your hands towards Brother Marshall. <laughs> oh, for the ladies. Oh, ah. 
Oh, yeah, I got you. <laughs> oh, I got you. Praise the Lord. Well, what did he say? It says three of them. Gold, which is money, right? He says, so you need to learn how to be faithful with gold. Otherwise, gold can drive you crazy. Have you ever met people who, who were nice before they started making a little, just a little bit of, not too much, usually, you know, it's like, man, you were nice just last week. <laughs> they get a new car on installments. <laughs> it's not even real gold. It's just make-believe gold. And, and, and they're treating all of us like trash. What have we done? You need to master gold. Amen. Amen. Put the power of gold under your feet. The next one? Glory. Glory is when people come start showering you with praise and now you want everybody to kneel before you. (laughs) Can you see how connected they are? And you know where it ends up? Usually people who don't learn how to master gold will always fail in the other two. In the glory and the girls. Usually, you know, when people get into trouble with, with girls, and when girls get into trouble with guys, you, if, if you trace it back to money, you realize they were not faithful with money. If you trace it back, you realize that they were not faithful. Money was telling them what to do, controlling their lives, and things of that nature. And so when God says, take a portion of what you have and give it to me, it is not because God is hungry. He said, man, if I was hungry, I, when I pick up the phone, I'm not going to call you. <laughs> no, it's there in scripture. Go and read it in Psalm. He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't call you. That's what God said. And so what's the deal with God saying we should be faithful with finances? It starts with 50 rand. This is where it starts. I'm not, right now, I'm not even preaching to the rich. Because I've noticed that sometimes the rich have mastered money. It doesn't really drive them crazy. Because the, the, the rich are kind of used to seeing like, you know, 35 million in the account. And, you know, we're just going to go ahead and eat what we were going to eat tonight. <laughs> there's really no struggle but I want to talk to you if 50 rand you can take 5 rand and just give it to the Lord if you have little I'm telling you the 10% is not enough anyway just trust God with it and take take 10 rand and give it to him and say Lord I'm going to allow you and your principles to work on my heart when it comes to finances so that one day when you bring increase of 10 cities it won't drive me crazy Because the influence is coming. But you don't want the influence to come when you're not yet ready. Because it will cause problems for you. Why don't you stand on your feet? Did that bless you? Man, that blessed me. Someone shout, I'm a faithful steward. Someone shout, I'm a 10-talent guy. Or lady. That's who you are. You can handle uh, 10 talents. Amen? I said amen. Someone shout, opportunities flow in my direction direction. I will hear the voice of the Lord in every area of my life amen Amen. you know uh, um, we we were sharing this uh, three weeks ago Uh, the Lord spoke to my wife and I about you know being a part of the uh, Teradez ministries they're buying a building and uh, they they were 300,000 US dollars short and they came up with this thing that they call the 300 club where they said you know if you are part of the 300 club you can give a thousand US dollars and uh, you know if we get 300 to do that uh, 300 people will be able to buy this building and so my wife and I the Lord spoke to us and said man you can be a part of that 300 club we said really Lord he said yeah and he gave us the resources and we we're able to partner in that regard and uh, uh, just last week the Lord spoke to us again and said uh, why don't you double on that? Do the 300 club twice. And my wife came to me. She said, I just heard the Lord. He said, why don't you become the 300 uh, club twice? This is now per- personal finances. Not church money. 
our personal finances. We said, yes, sir. Why? Because God has helped us to have power over money and not to allow money to have power over us. I wasn't sitting there thinking, what can I do? I wonder what I could do with 15000 a lot. I could do a lot with 15000 I could go on vacation. I could, you know, I could do a lot with 15000 I could buy how many Air Jordans? Divided by 2.5. I could buy quite a, quite a few of them Air Jordans. I could do a lot. Amen? But you need to have power over resources and not allow resources to have power over you. And when you do that, I'm telling you, God is bringing influence to you. I want to challenge you. Man, God wants to bring influence to you for 10 cities. That's entry level. For your business, someone shout 10 cities. 10 cities. In 10 different countries. In 10 different countries. Amen. That's entry level. 10 cities and 10 we're going to get that album out the minimum that's the floor 10 cities 10 different countries that's the floor when that album comes out we believe in God for 10 cities in 10 different countries as the floor not the benchmark not the ceiling just the floor Amen. and that's what you and I need to do to believe God for a greater influence so that we can occupy, take territory for his kingdom. In our different areas of calling, you call it the, uh, the sandbox. Man, I wish I could talk about his sovereign foundations. We call it that, and God wants to take you to the top of that. And that's what we're preaching about. And you're going to begin to witness it in this community. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Lord, I just thank you for these, your precious children. I thank you, Father, for this season that we are in, a season of supernatural acceleration, a season of supernatural promotion, a season of not being overcome by gold, but overcoming gold, overcoming the glory of man, overcoming the temptation of girls. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that through this principle of faithfulness, we're committing as a community, as a church, that whatever you bring our way, we will be faithful in it. We will faithfully steward everything that you bring our way. Positioning our hearts for a supernatural increase. Lord, I pray for every college student. I pray faithfulness right now in the name of Jesus. That they're going to be faithful in their studies to learn what they need to know for the marketplace. And I pray, Father, that as they are applying themselves faithfully, you're going to send to them divine connections. You're going to send to them uh, a people uh, for their lives, people that will give them ideas of how they can distinguish themselves from their peers in the marketplace. They're going to get ideas of what to add to their degrees that will just change the entire trajectory of what they had planned in their lives. Lord, I thank you for those who are in the marketplace, those who, who are pursuing a career in, a, in an area. Lord, I pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Those that may be confronted with difficult situations, I rebuke the spirit of complaining, the spirit of uh, uh, criticizing authorities. I, I pray now for a spirit of honor. In the name of Jesus. That is, they faithfully steward the season that they're in. The season of learning. The season of, of, of practicing and applying themselves faithfully. Lord, I pray, Father, that the increase is going to find them. The supernatural increase of God is going to find them. You're going to open doors that no man can close. I thank you, Lord, uh, for those who are in business. I declare that whatever they have experienced this far, that's not the climax. That's just the flow. That's just the beginning. I pray for those who are in the marketplace uh, uh, who have experienced a taste of your goodness. Even in the millions, in the multi-millions. I pray, Father, that you may remove a spirit of complacency. You may bring a hunger again to go forth into the world and take territory for the kingdom of God. So that your light can shine in different places in this season. I thank you, Lord, for innovation, creativity, 
that will break them into the next uh, level of, of income for their business. They, they, they've called themselves a 12 million rand business per annum. Uh, uh, we, we, we release an exponential growth uh, from one pound uh, 12 to 120 million rand. And Lord, we release that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Some have, uh, have been a five-staff uh, business. We bring an exponential growth and increase. They're going to be a 50, 50, 50 staff a business. 500 staff business. Some have been running as a one-man show. Lord, I thank you that you're bringing investors. You're bringing new stakeholders in different faces, in different forms, in different fashion that are going to say, hey, we're getting on with you and we're taking this thing to the next level. Only one is what they need. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I pray now that some have committed themselves to just one way of looking at business and one line of business. But in this season, Lord, you are illuminating in their hearts new ideas that will impact the entire continent of Africa from Cape to Cairo. You are releasing ideas right now that will impact not just Africa, but Europe, North America, Asia. You are releasing those ideas this morning. And we, release, we, we receive them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Someone shout Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.